ready for the Word of God. We're going to get into the Word this morning. We're going to be in Romans. We're going to be in uh, different books of the Bible this morning. We're going to be in 2 Corinthians. and um, I've not been able to get out of Romans for the last three weeks. And the Holy Spirit had different plans for last week. And uh, the Holy Spirit moved, and we just allowed the Holy Spirit to move and do what the Holy Spirit wants to do. And uh, it was just a wonderful time in the Lord last uh, Sunday morning. And I did read out of the book of Romans, the end of Romans chapter 8. And uh, the week before that, we were in the beginning of Romans, and we talked about how there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And uh, can anybody give an amen to that? There's no amen. condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. amen. And so today we're going to be in the middle of Romans chapter 8, and then we're going to jump back into 2 Corinthians. But I'm excited about the Word of God. Anyone excited about the Word this morning? The Word of God is alive today. It has never stopped living. The Word. The Word was present at the foundation of the earth. And Jesus says He is the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word is God. And the Word we're about ready to break open this morning is alive. And it is active. And I pray that it is active in your life. And the Word is searching. And I'm dropping all kinds of papers up here this morning. That's all right. But the Word is alive this morning. We'll get that ring out of there. That's all right. That's my fault for bending down. Romans chapter 8. Are you there? Romans chapter 8. She's going to have it up there uh, on the board. JC's got it. We're going to be in the English Standard Version. Uh, so that's what we're going to be reading out of this morning. We're going to be jumping in at Romans 8, 26 through 28. And then we're going to be hopping around a little bit. So I pray that you just uh, hang with us and you track with us this morning. And we're going to let the Word of God speak to us today. Romans chapter 8, 26, it says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. I don't know if anybody in here today has any weaknesses in your life. Right? But we have one great apostle writing this to us. Apostle Paul, who wrote the majority of the New Testament. You would call him a super-Christian, wouldn't you? Anybody in here call him a super-Christian? If we have, you know, these superheroes that comics and marvels and all this, he would be in one of those if you had one for Christians. Paul would be one of those characters. He is a real-life man who walked the face of the earth and done amazing things for the Lord. Had amazing transformation, didn't he? The Apostle Paul. He once was a persecutor of Christians, and then he had an amazing uh, transformation on the road to Damascus, and the Lord spoke to him, and he, he had an amazing, amazing transformation. So this is Paul speaking here. And so we all basically said in here today that we have weaknesses. We have those. He said, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. I am so thankful this morning that the Holy Spirit helps me in my weaknesses. Because I have them. The Apostle Paul had them. And that's why he's speaking this. That's why I get so much encouragement from the one man that I look up to. Uh, not the only one, but one of the greats in the Bible that I look up to and think, 
wow, what an amazing man of God. And he's being open, he's being vulnerable, he's, he's letting us know that he is human just like you and I this morning. And he had weaknesses. I find encouragement in that today. You see, because too many times I think that, you know, we want to say that you have to have it all together and you can't have any kind of weakness in your life. But that's simply not true because you're going to have them. And he goes on to say, for we do not know what to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with great groanings too deep for words. You ever had deep groanings? where you couldn't put it into words, but the, the Holy Spirit is interceding inside of you and through you because you don't know what you should pray. You, don't, you can't put it into a vocabulary that you know. You don't know how you should pray, but the Holy Spirit begins to, to intercede on your behalf. You have God interceding on your behalf this morning. That should make somebody happy in here this morning. That should give you encouragement today to know that the Holy Spirit intercedes on your behalf. When you have a weakness, and we all have them in here today, you can be encouraged to know that through your weakness, the Holy Spirit who is alive and active in your life is interceding on your behalf. That's amazing. You're not doing this on your own. You don't have the strength on your own to do it. None of us in here, Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul, he did not have the physical strength to do what the Lord asked him to do on his own. It had to be the Holy Spirit working in and through him. And he recognized and he knew his weaknesses. And so today I stand before you. I know my weaknesses and I recognize them. And I lean hard and I rely on the Holy Spirit. And there's times when I don't know how to intervene in that. But the Holy Spirit says, guess what? I know how to intervene in that. I know what should be prayed in that situation. I know what needs to be said to the Father on your behalf. Because I know, because I am God. And I dwell within you. You received that this morning? To me, that's amazing. And we know this. But some in here today, you may not know that. You may not know that yet. That the Holy Spirit is working in your life. And moving. And operating in your life. And you're not doing any of this alone. He's with you. Now, we talked about that in that very first part of Romans 26. It says, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. I want to jump over, if you will. Give you a second to jump over there if you have your physical Bibles. I have mine printed out here in front of me, and then we're going to have it on the board. But 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to be in 7 through 10. We're going to get to something in this passage of Scripture. This is, you know, I, I said the first week we were in Romans, I said, you know, I take Romans 8, and I look at that as one of, it's just a powerful, you know, chapter in the Bible, when you look at Romans 8 and you look at it in its totality there, but you get over here into 2 Corinthians, and this is another one of those passages of scriptures that I just think is so very important. So let's dive into 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse or chapter 12, verse 7. It says, So to keep me from becoming conceited. Now, 
I really want you to listen to what Paul's saying right here. So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations. You hear that? He was having such great revelation from the Lord. Is that what that's saying? He was saying, I was receiving such great revelation so that I would not become conceited. You see what's happening here? So to keep me from becoming conceited. So there was a possibility for him to become conceited, right? Everybody's on this side. Are you out with me this morning? There was a possibility. How many believe that there was a possibility for Paul to be conceited? There was a possibility for him to become conceited. Because he was receiving great revelation from the Lord. The Lord was downloading into him, giving him so much insight, so many things. He was giving him divine knowledge about God and about him and what to write and put down into word. He says, because of that surpassing greatness of the revelation, a thorn was given me in the flesh. I read this and I look at this and some of you all may not agree to this. But that thorn in the flesh actually turned out to be a blessing for Paul. Because if it was not there, it says he could have been succumbed to being conceited. And when you become conceited, you allow pride to come in. And we know that pride is the beginning of the stages of the fall. So this thorn in the flesh wasn't necessarily a bad thing in the life of Paul, was it? It said because he had such great revelation, this was here so that he would not become conceited. It says a messenger of Satan was sent to harass me to keep me from becoming conceited. That might be a little deep this morning, isn't it? Sent his way so that he would not become conceited. Three times he says, I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. Three times he said, three times Jesus prayed in the garden. Three times Paul prays, he said, I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. Let's keep going. But he said to me, and this is where I want to I camp out for just a moment. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. His grace is sufficient this morning. Does anybody say amen to that this morning? That his grace, has his grace been sufficient for anyone in here this morning? His grace is sufficient. It says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses. So what was meant for a possibility of boasting about such great knowledge and, and revelation and, and, and not becoming conceited, now he says, I'm going to boast about my weaknesses. See, what we have here is this. It's called a paradox. Because how can you be weak and be strong at the same time? 
You see, that's not what society and that's not what culture wants to teach you. They want you to teach you that you, you're strong, you're strong, you're strong, not to be weak, not to be weak. We're not saying to be weak Christians in here this morning, but what we're saying is what Paul is saying here. He's taking something that was to be a weakness in his life and he's letting the glory of the Lord show through him, through the weakness. Is that making sense to anybody in here this morning? Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. In verse 10, it says, For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. He recognized something. He recognized that in his weaknesses, that the glory of the Lord would show through him and shine through him in amazing ways. This morning, we may have weaknesses in here, but if we allow the Lord to work through and in those weaknesses, he will receive the glory. He will receive the glory. You see, there's a reason for that is because if we're not careful, we'll think that we're doing it all on our own. And then we get to a point to where we think, well, I don't even need the Holy Spirit anymore in my life. I don't even need to spend time in my Bible anymore. I don't even need to spend time in prayer anymore. I got this down. I know what it's like to be a Christian. I know what I'm supposed to do. I know all the rules. I know I can do this on my own. And he says, no, you can't do it on your own because you are actually weak. And I am the only one that is strong in this equation. And without me, you are weak. And even with me, you're going to have weaknesses in your life. But I'm going to work through your weaknesses. That's Paul. That's what he's saying right there. He recognized he had weaknesses. I want to get to this, my grace is sufficient part because I think that's so important. That's what we need most in our weaknesses is to know that God's sufficient grace is there because it means that God gets all the glory. None of us are going to be boasting about our own strength when we get to heaven. Nobody's going to be in heaven boasting that you've done all these great things on your own. You're not going to be boasting about, oh, I did this and I done that, and, you know, I, I healed these people. And I, No, it's all going to be a boast about who Christ is. And while we're here on earth, let's boast about who he is. Let's go ahead and do it anyway, right? That's what we're doing. We're boasting about Christ. We're boasting about what he's doing. I know my flaws. I know my weaknesses. I know that I am weak without him, but with him I am strong. That's what he's saying. I am strong in the Lord. But I also know that I'm weak without him. I have no chance without him this morning. The, the sufficiency of grace doesn't come with any limiting words. Did you read? Did you see any limiting words where there was a limit on the sufficiency of grace in what we just read? There's no, there's no word there to indicate that, okay, I'll give you an amount of sufficient grace, but when you meet that quota, it's all up. It's all gone. You don't get any more. You've reached a thousand sufficient graces, and now you're done. It doesn't say that. It says, my grace is sufficient. It's, it's an unlimiting sufficiency of grace is what it is. It's an all-sufficient grace. And I lean heavy on that sufficient grace. We all should lean heavy on that sufficiency of grace this morning. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ is sufficient to uphold you. Amen? His sufficient grace gives strength to you. 
It comforts you, the sufficiency of grace this morning. It's sufficient to make your trouble seem useful to you. That might be foreign. I'm going to allow what is harmful or, or it might be this or the, it may seem like a setback, but I'm going to use that. Isn't that scripture where he said, I'm going to take something that was meant for bad, I'm going to turn around for good. I'm going to use the sufficiency of grace in every situation of my life. Because I lean heavy on his grace. I can't do anything without his grace. I'm relying on the strength of the Lord. It's sufficiency that enables us to triumph or tri- be triumphant. It's sufficiency of grace to bring you out of it. It's sufficiency of grace that will get you out of it over and over and over again. Hmm. It's not possible for me to put into words all there is to know of this all-sufficient grace. Praise be to God. Because our demands upon this all-sufficient grace can never be too great. You know, that'd be like somebody that would stand on a high mountain and say that they don't want to take in any oxygen because they might take up too much. I mean, there's, there's, there's enough oxygen around. There, there's enough. There's enough grace to get you through whatever it is in life that we need to get through. And that's everything in life. It's everything in life. Is anybody still with me this morning? Second Corinthians, the 12th chapter that we were in, in the verse number 9, it says, Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And that word rest upon, right there, when you look at that word rest, It's the same Greek word that John used in John chapter 1, verse 14, when it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That word dwelt and that word rest in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 is the same word in the Greek. It says the flesh dwelt among us and we have seen His glory. Glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. That word dwelt right there in in John chapter 1, verse 14 comes from that Greek word used for tabernacle. The tabernacle dwells with us. The Shekinah glory in the Old Testament that filled a fragile tent made of badger skins that held the glory of the Lord is the same glory of the Lord that indwells us this morning. The same Spirit of God that resides in each and every one of you. If you call yourself a child of God this morning, you have the Holy Spirit living in your life, activated. But I am a weak tent. But thanks be to God that He is an all-powerful God. He's an all-knowing God. He's an omnipresent God. He knows all, He sees all, and He lives inside of me, and I have a relationship with Him. And when there's times where my weakness gets the best of me, and I don't know how to pray in that situation, He prays and intercedes with me in groanings that I cannot put vocabulary to. Because He is active in my life. He's active in your life. And I'm thankful for a sufficient grace this morning. So we can read 2 Corinthians 12, 9 like this. It said, Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, 
so that the power of Christ may tabernacle in me. I like how that reads. How the power of Christ may tabernacle in me. He dwells in me this morning. His power... Ah. Jesus' power lied in weakness, didn't it? In humiliation. He could have came in all of His power and splendor and might, but that's not how He came. He came in a, in a weakness and a, and a humiliation is the way He came. And His dependency is upon God. Our dependency is upon God this morning. His faith was in God. Our faith is in God. He is God. I know that. But why did he go and he prayed and he done all that? Because his faith, his trust was in himself. He knew. We know that this morning. We know where our truth and our, and our trust uh, lies in. It's in him. Thanks be to God for his grace. Because I don't know about you, but one of the greatest lies that the enemy can pull and, and bring against me is to try to get in my mind and tell me that... Uh, it's not sufficient. That His grace isn't sufficient. And He'll come to you and He'll try to manipulate in your mind and try to get you to think things and try to manipulate the Word and you know, try to manipu manipulate all kinds of things in your life and let you know that, you know, uh, I'm not sufficient for anything. I'm not sufficient in my marriage. I'm not uh, sufficient enough in my parenting. I'm not a sufficient enough in, in my occupation. And, and all these lies that he'll try to bring to you and let you know that you're not sufficient. Now, the truth is, there have been many times when we're met with challenging circumstances. Anybody had a challenging circumstance in here? Am I all alone this morning? Anybody ever had just a challenging circumstance? When you felt like you were at a Red Sea moment, you know what I mean by that? Can you go back to that story in the Bible in the Old Testament where they had a Red Sea moment? When they were being led out and they got to the Red Sea and it was in front of them and the enemy was behind them nipping at their heels and they were confronted with a Red Sea moment? Has anybody here had a Red Sea moment where you were relying and trusting on the Lord to see you through, and you were relying heavily and on an all-sufficient grace in a moment or a season, and the Lord came through. Those times when you just feel like you can't keep going, and those are times when you, you lean on God's sufficient grace. His grace is enough. You see, there might be somebody in here this morning there might be somebody in here this morning that is struggling, maybe in an area, or they're having a hard time right now. And there's others in here this morning that we're, we're having some, uh, maybe of those mountaintop experiences. How many of you know this to be true? And it shouldn't be really, it shouldn't be like this, but it, it, it kind of works this way. When you're on a mountaintop experience, it seems like you don't lean in to that all-sufficient grace as much as when you're in those hard and trying times. Huh? There, there's times when everything seems like it's going really good in your life and you really don't lean in to the all-sufficient grace of Jesus. And, and, we, and, and those are moments when in our life we don't do it purposefully, 
but how the enemy works and, and how he draws you. See, it's pride is what caused him to fall. And don't you think it's going to be pride that's going to try to get you to fall? It's going to be pride because he'll get you to think that you're strong enough because you're just strong enough. I'm strong enough in this because I've been doing it. And I, and I know. And I don't find myself leaning in heavy to the all-sufficient grace of Jesus. And those are times that we go through. But in reality, all the time, whether it's in the valleys or on the hillside, on the way up or on the, on the mountaintop, we should be continuously leaning heavy into the all-sufficiency of His grace. Maybe, just maybe, instead of resisting and complaining about the weaknesses, we let the power of Christ rest on us. You see, when Paul prayed about his thorn in the flesh for three times, I don't recall him going back and bringing it up and complaining about it over and over and over. But he let the sufficiency of God's grace rest upon him to see him through it. We don't know what that thorn in the flesh is. I've heard many people speculate what that thorn in the flesh is. But we're not given the information about what that thorn in the flesh was. We don't have that. All we know is that's something that he dealt with. And was he called it out to be a weakness. He called it a weakness. I didn't call that. I'm not here to give glory to weakness this morning. I'm here to give glory to God. Because I just know that I'm human and I have weaknesses. I just know that. But I also know that He is Almighty God and His grace is sufficient. And He will get the glory through any weakness that I might have. And I'm not going to allow the pride to creep in and destroy that. I pray to God, that doesn't happen. I want to stay close, leaning in to that all-sufficient grace. 1 Corinthians 1.27 says, But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. I'll tell you this this morning. Never allow your weakness cause you to shrink away from God. It is quiet up in here this morning. Maybe this is not a message that, that people want to hear today, but it's a true message today. Because we're all in the boat of having weaknesses. And the Lord is all we need in those times of weaknesses. Psalm 73, 26 says this. It says, My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart. And portion forever. Amen? Mm. Just to jump back real quick. I'm about ready to finish up this morning. Romans 8.27 
In those times where we don't know how to pray in our weaknesses, and it says that the groanings of the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. Verse 27 says, And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. I thank God for that. How awesome is it to know that we can rely on the Holy Spirit's divine ability to know what's best for us. There's times when I think I know what is best for Raji. You know what? There's times when I think that I know what's best for me. And there's been times that God has reminded me that what you thought was best for you, Raji, was not what I thought was best for you, Raji. And I have to recognize that. And I have to lean in when those times happen to his all-sufficient grace. Because that's what gets me through it. I lean heavy on his grace to get me through. Would you close your eyes with me this morning? I felt like this morning at the end of service I was supposed to play this song. And we're going to allow some time, if anyone wants to spend time in the altar, or if you want prayer this morning, we're going to have time to do that. And we want to allow you to have that time to do that. But as you have your heads bowed and your eyes closed this morning, I want you to think about His all-sufficient grace. I want you to think back to the the past times that His grace has seen you through. I want you to think about your present time and where you're at right now and if, if you're leaning in and you're relying on His all-sufficient grace. And JC, if you would play that song for me. We're going to give an opportunity to spend some time in prayer. You can spend time in prayer right there at your seats. You can spend time in prayer at the altar, however you want to do that. But I felt like the Lord wanted to remind us of His grace and that it is sufficient for whatever thing you're going through, whatever weakness you may have in your life. He says, lean on me. And if you may not know how to pray about that weakness, He says the Holy Spirit does in your life. And you rely on Him.